0: Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman, and I'm your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. And today is definitely a special day for, for Track World News. We have our, our second installment of the interview series, um, coming fresh off of a, uh, his trip in Tokyo, we have Steven Bastien, who competed for Team USA in the men's decathlon, has a, a personal best of 8,485 points, uh, second at the trials, 10th at the Olympic Games, as well as winning uh, the 1,500 to close it out. Uh, Steven, thanks for for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, man. No problem. No problem. Well, uh, the first question that I'm sure you probably get every, anytime you're talking about the, the events you do in the track and field is why did you decide to do the decathlon? Because it's notorious for being probably the most difficult events in, in all of sports. Uh, there's a reason people get crowned the best athlete in the world for, you know, the, the Olympic winner. So why did you decide I'm going to put my body through hell 10 times in two days? Dec- <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so it kind of just um, was like spoon-fed to me in a way. My, uh, my dad did it in the 80s. Um, so growing up, I was always around the track. Um, he actually did the decathlon. Um, so I started doing events when I was like seven or eight or something and um, did my first uh, multi-event when I was in like fifth grade. Um, and it's has always been a part of my life, and I, I just haven't really known it another way I guess um and I and I took to it and I had fun doing it so um the like the the big task that people have where like oh they start doing track in high school and then they find out oh my I might be like a, a decathlete having to like come over that mental hurdle of like oh this is like kind of almost um, almost like a scary thing in a way and it definitely at times has been scary as well but um it's it's just always been a part of my life and I've always enjoyed it
0: yeah it's it's something that for me it's like oh that looks really cool like i'd like to try that and then it's like then i remember i've d- i'm like oh i did three events today and i feel like crap i can't yeah. <laughs> i can't imagine having to do all that so hey more more power to you that it's it just uh does sounds like an awful experience to me uh yeah
1: it, it's fun doing all the all the different events though and and like always having something to work on always like tinkering with stuff. It, it's cool it's a it's a, um like a unique experience, having so many things to work on.
0: Yeah, so, so what was, you, you said that your dad, uh, you know, the decathlon runs in the family a little bit. Uh, so what was it like for, for you and your dad, I guess, seeing you cross the finish line and then noticing that you, you made the team, uh, you know, just recently and for the, uh, the Olympic trials here?
1: Um, I mean, it was a really cool moment. Um, yeah, I mean the the like it's something that we've shared our entire life. Um, sort of coming around that curve, I just remember seeing him and like how how excited he looked. Um, was was definitely really special. You know, he like coached me growing up and stuff, and um, uh, yeah, just was like it felt like a like a god moment almost, where like so many things work together to, you know, to create this experience or to create like the circumstances that allowed for this to happen and, and being able to share that with one another was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Cause it's a lot of, you know, a lot of work is going into this. I mean, you mentioned that you were doing this from what, multi multi-type events since fifth grade. So to go from fifth grade to what, 27. So what we're like, what, 10, are you like 10, 11 years old in fifth grade? I can't remember something like that. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I so, can't so, it's, so it's like a 17 year journey, you know, getting yeah. from the, from you starting off this to then, you know, reaching that goal and qualifying for the Olympics. I mean, if you were to tell yourself back in fifth grade, like, hey, by the way, you're gonna make the Olympics one day. Like, what do you think, you know, fifth grade you, Steven would have said, hearing hearing that, uh, you know? Um, I think fifth grade me would have been like, oh yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but like,
1: as I got like going through, even the beginning of college, I started off at Samford, Um, There were times where I was like, had thoughts of like, what my cap might be, and it changed over time. Um, But definitely, I never, I don't think, like in recent years, I I like let myself set as expectation. Um, But I, it was always a goal. Um, But uh, definitely, uh, I'm like proud of how I progressed the past two years.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think if you told me back in fifth grade that I was the Olympian and be like, no, I should have won the medal. You, you mean I won right, the gold? Exactly. It's like, oh, you mean I was MVP in the NBA? Like I, at right, that point, exactly. yeah, no, I, I'm the I'm the quarterback for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're telling me I was I'm not the starter, I'm the backup. That's no, that doesn't make any sense. You got to, right. like, There's something wrong here. I like look how good I am on the schoolyard. <laughs> so right, so right. yeah, probably probably would have still been in that uh, you know in that time frame, uh, and so looking back at you know like you said recent performances you've done pretty well um you've you went up you pr'd what by 400 points it looks like or over 400 points from 2019 Mm -hmm. to 2021 i guess first so people can know what i mean you have 400 points it sounds like a lot but could you kind of and it is couldn't but for people that might not be as familiar with the decathlon could you kind of break that down and And, like, actually show how massive of, you know, a jump that is to go up 400 points, uh, you know, over the course of, what, two years?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, when I transferred from my original college, Sanford, to to Michigan, I had, like, a huge jump where I went from, like, scoring just under 7,000 to, like, almost 8,000. And then those next three years, like, chipping away at just getting over 8,000 took so many meets to to you know, sort of put that all together. Um, and so to PR by like a, a larger amount like that again is definitely not something you see all the time, um, but it, it, it takes getting, you really got to get better at everything um, so that the like averages of all the different events and the scores you can put up gets to a point where little things can happen and you can still like put up a big number you you just have to be a lot more consistent and there can't be events where like you're just um like doing you can't have more than like one event where it goes really bad
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's that's another like thing that I think goes under under scene with just, I guess the mental toughness you need to have as a decathlete, because you're doing events over the course of two days and you got 10 of them. And if you fall in the hurdles or if you no know height in the pole vault or, you know, if anything like that happens, like you're, you're essentially done. Like if you fall in the yeah. hurdles, there's no coming back from that pretty much like, right what kind of mental like exercises, I guess you could say, or what do you, what do you do most to kind of strengthen yourself mentally? So you're making sure that, you know, you're, you're not falling over the hurdles or, or doing any, anything like that. Cause it's gotta be tough.
1: Um, I definitely had like issues where I'd have like a really, like a good meat going. And then I'd like no height in the pole vault or I would get injured or X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think even before. Um, like a couple years ago, somewhere when I'd be doing events, I would, uh, almost right before the event, if you had something good going, like before the hurdles, for instance, like get like a little bit nervous, like, Oh, what if I fall or something? And somewhere like lay off the gas a little bit. Um, and I think like speaking to that consistency of, of getting better at the events and then having confidence in yourself in each event and, and being able to just say, I'm, I'm, I'm attacking each event. Cause at the highest level, you can't be like, like uh, put hitting the brakes at all or else you're just not gonna be able to compete. Um, so really just working on the consistency, trying to like being, being real with myself, practicing the different events, like, all right, why am I worse at this event than this person? Or what is this person doing that I'm not doing? And, and really trying to nail down what it is, what it is the event requires and then once you have a better understanding of that, it, it takes your confidence to another level when you, um,
0: when you more holistically, like know what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with all 10 events, I mean, you got to make sure that you're not, you can't focus too much on one, but you got to make sure that you're focused. Cause you know, it's it, the event that's going on. I mean, how do you yeah, try to. I guess, what's the word? Decompartmentalize? I don't know. One of those big SAT words, but okay, it's yeah, so you're just focusing in on that one event and not, you know, the six that happened after or the three that are happening before.
1: Um, I think, uh, another thing that sort of helped me in this, in this past year is I almost, um, uh, how would I describe it? I tried to like mentally prepare myself to almost think about like, what if, what if, um, like the event had to go really well. And it was like a life or death scenario, almost like playing games with myself in my head. Um, and that sort of has, that sort of brought me to the conclusion that you really, you need to almost like be in the moment and be like, um, really in tune with like, just what exactly is happening and and focusing like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm running the hundred. I gotta, I gotta be like focused each, each, each time I put it to the ground and I need to be like dialed in, um, and really just being in the moment. And if you do that, just take it event by event. Um, it it's it made it easier for me to
0: to not I don't know to
1: to stay focused on the task at hand. I guess you should say.
0: I guess, and then of course another question you've probably been asked a ton of times. But what would you say? Or is your your favorite event in uh, the decathlon? And then what would you say is your least favorite event uh, as well? Um. I would say my
1: favorite event. If I had to choose one. I'd probably say the long jump. Um, something about that when you PR that's that that was like in high school. That was the event I was uh, like most competitive in. Um, and even through college or, um, what have you is like the one I was most competitive with people who just did the long jump. Um, but any of the jumps if you're doing well are a lot of fun. Um, and then least favorite one, um it's probably still the 1500 of uh, I have been like running a lot better recently but um and I've enjoyed myself running it a little bit more the past few times but still the the way your stomach turns before you do that is is not fun
0: <laughs> no yeah it's like the you hear that same with uh heptathletes it's like hey I hate the 800 like and there's a reason they put it at last, I guess, because you're it's like you're almost done. Here's one last, you know, the last thing that everyone's going to hate. You have to do yeah. at the end. So uh, yeah, exactly. just make just make it a little bit more difficult for you there. And then so for you traveling to, to Tokyo, having this be your first Olympic experience, could you kind of bring it bring us into you know what it was like traveling? I mean, obviously this year, friends, family members, fans were not able to attend. So you're kind of. Uh, a little bit more on your lonesome uh, traveling there. Uh, could you explain, like, t- tell us what it was like being, uh, you know, at the Olympics and seeing all of these fantastic athletes, you know, from around the world, uh, you know, around as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was really cool, really surreal. Um, and I think maybe somewhere there being no fans, like, while well, that's stunk. maybe in in other ways, like, allowed you to appreciate other things in like a more pure way or something like that um like being able to watch some of the other events that happened as we were competing um or um just in general like being there uh meeting you know form relationships with some other athletes uh seeing the type of things that they do like having conversations about training and and things that they've been working on and how they try to approach their events and stuff it all is um It's all really cool. And then on top of like all the amazing track athletes, there's all these, um, like other athletes from different, different disciplines. Um, it's almost like overload and you can't even, it, it all happens like you're there for a good little bit, but it all happens so fast. It's almost like you can't, you can't physically take in what exactly it is while it's happening. If That makes
0: sense. Yeah, there's a ton of events, and unfortunately, this year, you weren't able to stay as long after, like, you kind of had to, right. to go yeah, a little quick. bit more, yeah, go a little bit more quickly, but, like, what were, what outside of competing, obviously, what were, would you say were some of your favorite, uh, you know, favorite things, you know, at the Olympics? I'm, I'm not sure if you were allowed to go to see other events, or, or if you even did, because you were so focused, but, like, what were some of your favorite off-the-track uh, things, you know, to experience at Tokyo?
1: Um, hmm, off the track things, um, I'd say just like hanging out in the room, uh, with people or or going to eat, uh, with different people, um, just having conversations, you know, having fellowship with, with other athletes, um, and hmm, when we like traveling on the bus to and from, we'd go to like the practice track. We weren't able to see any other events unfortunately um but but sort of seeing the city from the bus was cool um and then when we went and visited the the track for the first time like pr- uh, pre-competition that like was a pretty cool experience and and being able to do that like almost as a team was was pretty neat
0: you you also you guys got uh, a big a uh truckloads of gear and stuff i'm sure what was your favorite what was your favorite team usa item that uh that they they gave you uh for the olympics
1: favorite team usa item um i'm gonna have to go with the phone because that really caught me off guard like i looked at the i was like wait these are this is all our stuff and we had like two giant bags of clothes um on top of the stuff that they had already given us and then there was I'm going through like an unassuming looking bag and there's a like a fifteen hundred dollar phone in there. <laughs> and
0: I just was like, what the heck is going on? Man? Wow. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. I didn't didn't uh wouldn't imagine that yeah, you get a you get a, a cell phone from, from T yeah, USA for the Olympics. It's didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh and then so at least for for us watching, the the I guess the time frame of the Olympic or the decathlon was a little It was strange, I guess you could say, because uh, it was instead of just being over two days for us, it was like over three days, like late at night on, you know, let's just say Friday and then like, er, and then it ended like really early in the morning on like Sunday. Was like, what was it? I mean, what was it like for you guys? I'm sure, I guess it was probably two days. I'm not even sure how, how time zones are working over there, but, but what was the the training like, or, or the competing like now? Where it seemed like it was a little bit more of a stretched out event compared to you know if you were at NCAAs, where it might not be as uh, you know widened out um, competing wise.
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely a different experience. Um, we would do like a few events in the morning, um, and then we'd have a like a six hour break in the middle of the day, which like for here would end up being like overnight. Um, and they had like a room where they had like snacks, and they like brought us a little bit of food. Um, like, uh, the the meat provided like like a like a banquet style thing. Um, so you could eat a little food. A lot of people took naps. They had like blow up mattresses in there and stuff. So they had like a little chill zone. And um, I was hearing from some of the other athletes who have been to other big meets before, and they said that, um, that was like the best setup that they had seen. And it, like the, the air mattresses were actually pretty comfortable. Um, so I, I definitely took a nap on on them. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you get a little time in between and then you go do a couple more events. Um, and then the thing that was really weird, that that was like, okay to navigate. But the thing that was, that definitely made it harder um, than like a, a normal decathlon would be is the, the two nights in between, you really only got like four hours of sleep. And then you had to get up like had to catch a bus, a certain bus to get there on time. And they wanted to make sure if if anything went awry that you still would get there on time. Um, and then do it again another day, like a little sleep deprived. Um, honestly, I think like one bad night of sleep doesn't do too much to affect, um, how you do. Um, but it definitely, it definitely was a little more of a challenge. Um, probably a little bit harder to focus or something like that on the second day. Um, it did, did, Yeah, overall, just a very a very different experience than what you're used to to having, sort of rifling them off every 30 minutes, and then maybe having a two hour gap or so before the last event.
0: Awesome. And uh, so, like, how overall, how would you say your you liked your your overall performance? Uh, I know you you closed out with the uh, the win in the the 15, which I mean, like, how, so I would love to hear what it was like to you know win win an event uh, as well. Like that that's pretty cool. Like. Even yeah. if it is the event that you hate the most,
1: <laughs> and right, right, uh,
0: right. like overall, how would you say you know you you know, you liked your your performance here with uh, you know at Tokyo?
1: Um, I mean, I was pretty happy with how I performed. Um, I like going into the meet, my body felt like kind of weird um, and didn't feel um, like nervous system wise like quite as snappy as I did going into trials. Um, so I definitely was happy with my first day score despite that. And then, uh, second day again, I didn't feel the best, but I thought I competed. All right. Um, and I thought it was unfortunate that I, I think I could have put up like an 84 or something score or 83 high, but I had my pole break in the, in the pole vault. And like my, my hand got all burnt up and, uh, I just knew I wasn't gonna be able to hold on to the pole. Um, so that was a bummer that that happened, but, um, Overall, I had a really fun experience. It was really cool to compete with that group of guys. Um, you know, I got to be part of the Olympic record, which is cool. Um, and was just happy with how I, I closed out the last two events, despite the fact that I, you know, had something kind of crummy happen. And and the score was still my second best score ever, so can't, can't complain too much.
0: There you go. Yeah, can't can't complain. Where if, I'm sure if you if you got told what in 2019, hey, you're gonna run in 80 in 82. At the uh, the Olympics, I'd uh, be like, "Oh, wow, that's probably a personal best." <laughs> right, right, exactly. There you go. Uh, and so, could you? Did you guys know while you were competing, or that, or did do you think Damien knew as well, like that this was going to be an Olympic trials performance? Like, was there a vibe, like, "Oh man, like this guy is doing something pretty, pretty great"? Because I know there's really, really good camaraderie within the decathlon. It's similar to the pole vault, where you're kind of you're all of course you're focusing on yourself you want yourself to be good but you're also kind of you know cheer on others cuz it is such a difficult event i mean you guys mm-hmm. do the 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 celebratory lap that that ever yeah done right. for did you guys or did you guys kind of notice like oh man like he's got a got a shot or is it something that you didn't really figure out until after
1: um no for sure um as soon as i mean you know as soon as you like do pretty close to 2 prs in the first two events and he like had just jumped really big recently and that was like a pretty big PR for him after the first two events everyone's like oh he's got one rolling and then he just each event just was chipping away at it and the second day I didn't hear many people talk about it I didn't even really think about that I think everybody's kind of you know focused on what they're doing in a way um but you know that like sort of unsaid thing is like oh don't don't jinx it kind of deal I didn't hear anybody even say that but it didn't feel like people talked about it too much the whole second day until, um, until after it was done. Um, but you could definitely tell, especially he had a pretty good pole vault and that, that gets you a lot of points after hurdling really well. Um, so a lot of times in the deck people, um, you can start to get an idea what's going to happen after the pole vault as far as like how it's going to finish and like what, what people need to do, what you need to do in the jav, who's going to need to run hard in the 15, um, so definitely, after he vaulted well, you knew he had a he had a good shot at it, and then he threw a big threw a big jab as well.
0: Yeah, that that's all going to help add up to you know have a pretty pretty massive uh massive two days. Um, like so it was. What must have been a pretty cool, cool experience? I know that we chatted a little bit before this, but what was the, uh, I guess, getting there and getting back the with the the time zones because you're you're pretty much completely inversing your day. Like, how difficult was it to, you know, have to get there and then get back? How did how did you get adjusted uh, time wise with everything? Um,
1: so I think going there, um, I've been told before that people will say, oh, it's easier to go west, like time zone change wise. Um, and I had a, a much easier time, like I'd say after about three days or two days there, I felt, oh, I feel pretty normal. Um, and uh, and I felt like ready to compete, didn't feel like super tired or anything like that. When I had gone to like Europe in the past, the little six hour change going the other way. Um, it's almost like you get there, you do something that ends up feeling like it's overnight and you get there at seven o'clock in the morning and you're just like dead tired um but this way when you landed it was later in the day you knew you just had to stay up a little bit uh, and it wasn't so bad um but then coming back this way has been definitely the hardest like time zone change thing i've ever had um it's like my body at certain times that are like inappropriate will just like put me to sleep <laughs> i <Like, I'm> got <laughs> way too tired and there's no way i'm staying up
0: yeah, it's like just you know, in the middle of writing out an email or doing something. It's like, yeah, right. we're, we're going to go to bed. We're shutting down right now. It's uh, I know it's three <laughs> in the afternoon, but <laughs> it's like we're done. We've had it. Uh, exactly. So with the. um with the remainder of the, the year or just like for future goals, like what, what kind of things or, or plans do you have now, you know, post post Olympics, you fin- you got your first Olympics under your belt. Uh, were you planning on doing any more decks this year or were you going to wait until uh, you know, next season? Like what kind of, what's the game plan, I guess, uh, you know, for you with uh, the remainder of the way here.
1: Um, so for the rest of the year, I'm pretty sure I'm done. Um,
0: uh, I don't even think there's any like
1: real big decks that are going on. I know one that usually happens after the Olympics or World Championships is Deckstar, and they canceled that a while ago because um, of like COVID stuff. Um, I think I might have just been done anyways, too. Um, just get some rest. Uh, but going into next year, um, I don't know like when I'm going to open or anything like that yet. I'm sort of just going to figure it out down the road a little bit. Um, but uh, the goal is to, you know, keep making teams, um, and, uh, you know, try to put one together where I can medal, um, I, in, in, like the meet where I did really well, I did really bad in the long jump, um, which is like one of my better events, um, so get better at a couple of events, I hadn't like put much time into long jump this year, um, and just make sure that that's nailed down, because I've had some like really big fouls and stuff, um, you know, just try to keep Ticking away at stuff and and get a little bit better and see if I can't uh, win a medal because that'd just be a super awesome thing to do and uh, I think is a is a fun goal to strive for.
0: For sure, yeah, that would be you know pretty. That'd be pretty cool coming coming back. I mean, by any chance, here, do you have your is your Olympic trials medal around like near? I don't. Oh, yeah. You don't have to go anywhere is. if it's not. But <laughs> it actually is. So there's that. Oh, very cool. Oh awesome. Oh, I love yeah. the uh the design on the top and everything. Yeah,
1: they I think they did a really good job with them. They uh it's like uh I don't know, got a little bit of wood in there. Pretty neat.
0: Definitely the coolest metal I've ever won. <laughs> <laughs> looks uh looks very cool, but um for sure. Uh yeah, that definitely yeah, you don't see many, usually it's just the standard, you know gold silver bronze looking right. right whatever meet you're at that that's actually got something they put thing. a little organ in it <laughs> yeah there you go there you go well Stephen, thank you so much for for taking the time it's been awesome hearing about you know your experience at the the olympics and you know your journey getting there uh where could people go if they wanted to you know learn more about you or, or you know follow you whether it be on social media or, or anything mm, like that? yeah um i'm pretty i'm on instagram i think it's at Stephen cleat Bassine
1: um and then I don't even know let me tell you here let me know what my twitter handle is and then
0: on twitter it is just steven underscore bastine awesome there you go so if you're looking for some more decathlon content go and follow steven there but uh Stephen, thank you so much for for taking the time uh, to doing this really appreciate uh, hearing uh, about your story and and thank you to everyone who's been listening this has been another episode of track world news. Uh, If you want more content follow us on instagram at track world news posted news clips you know other artwork and stuff like that so um, look there also make sure you leave a like subscribe uh, leave a review really helps us know that you're enjoying the show Um, that's going to be everything from us here Uh, have a good one peace.